Our passage tonight is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. I encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, or feel free to make use of one of the Bibles we have in the rows, uh, turn to open to uh, Luke's Gospel. Again, chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 1 through 14. Hear the Word of God. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. May God bless the reading of His Word, and may God bless us as we come under His Word tonight. The story of Christmas is uh, a story that is both ordinary and extraordinary. In fact, maybe we have heard the story of Christmas so many times, it's become so common to us that it's hard to even listen to it with open ears. It's just the story we've always known, common, just part of Christmas. And even in the story, we find some common elements. A baby's born. There are a lot of babies being born every single day. In fact, do you know that there are over... 8 billion people currently living on the planet. And there's one thing that they have all in common. They've all been born. We share that together. A baby was born in a home, which was not unusual. There, people have said there's no room for the inn, but, but there's actually, if you look at the word being used, there's no room for them in the kataluma. And the kataluma was the spare room on a house, and there was no space for them in the spare room. There were other people using that room. And So Mary was going to give birth to Jesus in the main room, the room that the family would cook in and and work in and sleep in. And and by the way, right next to that room was the stable, uh, oftentimes maybe right under the floor in kind of a split-level arrangement, or maybe right next to it with a little short wall. It was a common thing. Babies were born, born in homes. Midwives would come and help out. And then we're told that that. The baby was wrapped in swaddling cloth. You know, people have been wrapping babies in swaddling cloths for thousands of years. 
There's something about being a newborn, of, of having to go from the womb to the world, and, and there's the limbs that are just not sure what to do with them, and, and there's such comfort and contentedness that can be brought about for the child when the child's wrapped up and brought to be held in close to themselves. It was an ordinary experience. It's happened millions, billions of times around the globe. All right, so ordinary. But there are some things that are extraordinary, uncommon, about this particular story. We get a little bit of a hint that there's something else taking place just in the way that Luke tells the story of Christ's birth. He begins by the, providing the big picture that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. And if you're somebody listening to this story, you're going to tell me the story of a birth and you're beginning with something that the Caesar did? That Caesar himself gave a decree? Okay, I'm going to listen. And then Luke goes on and he mentions the city of David. Now, if you're a Hebrew hearing this story, you just mentioned Caesar and a decree, and now you're talking about the city of David. By the way, the term city of David was most often used for Jerusalem, that the city of David, Zion, this, that would have been the go-to name. But you can imagine somebody in Bethlehem uh, going, yeah, so sure, Jerusalem's the city of David, but we're the city of David. <laughs> this, is, this is his hometown. Something extraordinary is taking place, even with these hints. And then in the, in the working out of the story, we find that there is an angel showing up amongst some shepherds. The shepherds would have been common. They would have been out in their field watching their flocks. That's what shepherds commonly did. But then an angel shows up. And the angel speaks these words to the shepherds that they have good news of great joy, that a Savior is to be born. Now, no matter what generation you happen to be a part of, hearing that a Savior is coming is always good news. It seems that humanity is consistently in a position where they need some kind of saving. But it's that next line. Who is Christ the Lord? This is an extraordinary birth. That word Christ, the, the, uh, the Greek uh, word for the Hebrew Messiah. A Savior is going to be born. Who is the Messiah? the Lord. Imagine being a shepherd. You think that here's this angel. We're also told that it's extraordinary because the, the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And then as if having one angel wasn't enough, it's like the curtains were drawn back and there's this uh, multitude of the heavenly hosts that there's all these angelic beings that, that appear and they, and they have this song that they sing or uh, words that they say that it's become a song for the people of God. And we refer to these words often as a song. They sing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest. By the way, that sounds like something angels would say. Like, like on any ordinary day, what does an angel say to another angel? Hey, glory to God in the highest. Amen, glory to God in the highest. Like it's part of their natural conversation that they would give glory to God. 
Maybe we would trip up a little bit more with that last part of what they said. That there's whatever they're bringing, whatever they're announcing, it's to those with whom God is pleased. Maybe we hear that and we think, you know, I don't know if God will be pleased with me. I don't know if I've done enough or maybe I've done too much of the other stuff. And maybe God won't be pleased with me. I won't measure up. Maybe this whole thing about Jesus and Christmas, it, it's not meant for me. If you feel that way, if, you, if that's where your mind went, you wouldn't be the only one with those thoughts. We can all struggle with that. But here's the good news. When you look through the Bible and, and you look at the meaning of these words, that, that consistently what it means is that, that all of us are dependent on God's favor to be right with God. That it's not if, if we can somehow measure up that we would then receive gifts from God. God says, I know you can't. Let me come toward you. You can't come toward me. You just can't. You, just, you don't have the ability. That, that, that's how broken you are. But God comes toward us. It's God's favor being shown in our direction. You might be wondering, well, do I have God's favor? We can encourage one another that if there's any hint of curiosity, any leaning or opening or any desire or a, a, a declaration of I'm following Christ and I want to follow Christ and I, I love God and we know God is at work in all of that. And maybe that's where you aren't quite yet. Maybe you're still a ways off from that. We go forward trusting God's favor is going out over the whole of the globe. We go toward each other. We go toward others, trusting that God's already at work in their hearts. So regardless of how you might feel tonight, the God that we worship is in the business of showing favor. All right, so we've talked about glory to God in the highest, and we've talked about that struggling line maybe at the end there. How about that peace in the middle? Peace on earth. Peace on earth. You know, peace is the gift that God gives to us in Jesus Christ. Peace is the gift that God gives to us in Jesus Christ. We've uh, talked a little bit about swaddling cloths, that that's what Jesus was wrapped up in. And I remember when my boys uh, were um, just born and we had swaddling cloths of our own. This isn't one of those. I went out to the store and picked one up. It came in a two-pack. One of them had giraffes and the other one had elephants. And I didn't want one political party feeling like, well, <laughs> Jesus even had our similar. I don't think they had giraffes at uh, when Jesus was born. But when you take a swaddling cloth, and I was so proud of myself when I learned how to do this when our boys were born, it, just, it made such a difference in their uh, experience at the moment. And what you do is you take a, um, the child and you lay the child down after you make a triangle out of the square cloth, and you take up one side and you bring it all the way over and you tuck it under the ribs on the far side. This brings that right arm and brings it in close. You take the bottom of, of the triangle and you, you, the point and you bring it up and you lay it down and 
You take the other corner and you bring it all the way over, making sure that left arm is in there. And when you wrap it around, when you wrap it around, you tuck it all the way in. And by the way, this is pretty much how it looked when I first did it. <laughs> it's been a while. You tuck it in. And what would happen is that the child would settle down. The child would have a sense of just being whole and content and, and cared for. It's a good way to think about the peace that Jesus brings into this world. That this shalom of God, God's peace given to us, contentedness, wholeness, security, so much so that it would even free us up to to treat others around us differently. This peace that comes to us. Such a wonderful gift. In fact, there are people who study such things and, and they say that, that peace, when we look at it in the Bible, it approximates salvation. So if you say I'm saved, it is to declare I have the peace of God. God's peace is mine, the wholeness and contentedness I have received in Christ. This peace that God gives has at least two dimensions to it. There's a vertical dimension. We've talked about these dimensions before, kind of the cruciform approach, the, the vertical dimension and then a horizontal dimension. The vertical dimension is that we have peace with God. In the Old Testament, there is the statement made that Yahweh, God, is our peace. That's not just something we receive from, from Yahweh. It's not something we just receive from God, but who God is and, and all the power that God has and, and the goodness of God all put together in a relationship with us that God himself is our wholeness, is our security. There's a place in the New Testament that says Christ is our peace. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, God our triune God is our wholeness. And so that when he looks at us, he calls us his beloved children, beloved by God in this world. When Jesus grew up and he was ministering in this world and as, as an adult, and, and he said to his followers, my peace I leave with you, my security I leave with you, my, my gift of contentedness I leave with you, I give it to you. Consider that. That baby that came into this world grew up and said to his followers, here it is. Which is to say, listen, I'm giving you salvation. And with salvation comes all of this security. He also said, in another place it goes, in this world you will have tribulation. You will have tribulation. Not everything's going to go well. There's going to be struggle and there's going to be discontent and there's going to be disagreement between people and there's going to be discord. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our peace is that victory has already been won. That Jesus' birth into this world, that God becoming human and then this human God, that this fully human, fully God person, Jesus, dies on a cross in our place that we would have salvation in him and is raised from the dead so that 
death would be conquered once and for all. We have a new relationship in God because of the peace that God provides. Because of the new relationship, we have the peace that is found only in Him. It's also meant to change that horizontal connection, that the way we connect to others. And here we might make the leap. We can remove this swaddling cloth, and there's probably times where even with our kids this actually took place. But if this represents the peace of God, it goes from being something that holds us in and provides contentedness to becoming our cape. It becomes our superpower that we have, been, we have received in God His peace that would set us free, that victory is already ours. You know, this superpower, it's really God's power. It's not ours. It's not some kind of power that I have all by myself, but that it would be any Christian, that anyone who has received Christ has the victory of Christ. And that we have competitors to this peace. Oftentimes we'll want to, I know I do, there are times I will approach others around me not out of the peace of God that is mine, but out of my anger or my hurt. There are times when we can approach other people out of lust or desire to consume somebody else or to maybe out of callousness. And instead of operating out of the freedom that we have because of the gift of peace, of victory through Christ in our life, we become contingent and disagreeable and defensive and protective and, and hurtful toward others. There's this verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive to be at peace with everyone. I find that hard. I've been a Christian since I was 12 years old, and I'm still learning. Maybe you are too. Or maybe God has so blessed you and that, that your, your awareness of the cape that you have, the power that you have because of the freedom in Christ has already matured and, and you're able to just be free as you encourage others and all they experience from you is love and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. I'm thankful to God for all that I've learned so far. I'm looking forward to what God will reveal to me in the, in the coming days, the, the transformation. Maybe that's where you are. You can be grateful for the peace you've already come to understand, and yet this is going to be an extraordinary night for you because you know that God is opening the door for you to receive that peace and base your life on that peace.